Hi, I want to welcome you to Renton Christian Center's Recorded Ministries. We hope you'll enjoy listening to this message. Hearing God's Word is so inspiring. Here's our message. We call this our candlelight service because um, candles are such a perfect representation of light in a dark place. And uh, it's really important for us to recognize that God has planted symbols throughout creation of his character, his nature, his plan, his purposes. But you have to have eyes to see. And uh, we don't always see very well, do we? We miss things. So that's why he gives us each other to tell stories. That's why he gives us the Bible to tell stories about what to look for, what to notice, what you might have missed in the past. And one of the things that, that you might have missed in the past about Christmas is that God sent his son for a very specific reason. We know the doctrine to die for our sins, but, but there's something else very unique and very special about Jesus, about Jesus that no other prophet or religious teacher or leader can claim. So we've got a little video story that um, I think the kids will like too. They'll help you understand a little bit about, about why Jesus came. Let me tell you a story about a man, a good man, a family man. Oh, he was not a Scrooge. He was kind, generous, and upright in his dealings with others. But he just didn't believe all that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay at home, but that he would wait up for them. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. As he sat in his fireside chair and read the newspaper, he was startled by a thudding sound, and then another, and then another. At first he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against the house, but when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They had been caught in the storm and in a desperate search for shelter had tried to fly through his living room window. Well, he couldn't let those poor creatures just lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. Quickly, he put on a coat and galoshes and tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light so the birds would know the way in. But the birds did not come in. He figured food would entice them, so he hurried back to the house, fetched breadcrumbs, and sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. He tried catching them, 
He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them and waving his arms, but instead they scattered in every direction, except into the warm, lighted barn. And then he realized they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I'm a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? And he thought to himself, if only I could be a bird and talk to them and mingle with them and speak their language and tell them not to be afraid, then I could show them the way to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind, and he stood there listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And he sank to his knees in the snow. It's a sweet reminder of exactly why, why God the Father decided to become one of us so that we could actually uh, not be intimidated by him, not be confused or uh, scared off or put off. There's a great Bible verse uh, in Philippians that talks about how far God had to come uh, from heaven to earth. It was a long ways. But, but it wasn't a, a geographical or a spatial distance. I don't even know how you describe it. There's something about what he had to do on the inside to make that transition from the God of heaven to a baby in a manger. The verse is a little complicated for you if you're not familiar with the Bible, but there's one key element you'll see. I just want to read it from Philippians. Paul says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So the picture is God humbling himself, humbling himself, actually allowing himself to become way, 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 way less than God Almighty. How far, how far is it to go from God Almighty? Well, maybe a picture will help. God who created the heavens and the earth, he speaks and universes are formed. God powerful, God almighty, God perfect into this, okay? The God who knows all and sees all, lives forever. He's eternal. He, he can never die. He's, he's got all understanding and all wisdom and all love and all power. And this child can create nothing but maybe a messy diaper, and has to learn wisdom and learn everything just like every other human being from scratch. That's what God did when he came down to become a human being. He humbled himself to such a great distance that you and I can hardly imagine it. But we can 
think about some other ways that maybe we could relate to. How about, let's say one of you kids, little boys in here, any, any young boys? Any young girls? Yep. Imagine if you, you know, you're capable, you can run, you can jump, you can play, you're smart. Some of you can say your ABCs, you can count to 100. And you went from that to this, a ladybug. Ladybugs are cute and in fact they're kind of pretty, but they can't count, they can't talk, they can't run marathons, they can't ride bikes, they can't do anything. All they can do, in fact, if you were a little girl, well, you can jump rope, you're pretty, you could get married someday and have kids, or you can start your own company. Imagine if you went from that to this. Not to this, I'm sorry. To this, a bug. How would you like it? How would you like to become a bug? Any kids want to be a bug in here just so that you could rescue all the other bugs? Charlotte wants to. I believe that. <laughs> but imagine if the only reason you went from being this wonderful, amazing kid to being a bug is so that you could rescue all the other bugs and in order to rescue them, they would all kill you. Jesus, who would have to die on the cross for our sins, would then rise again and still live forever. Ladybugs live for one year. Do you know how they stay alive? They put off this incredible odor. They're like skunks. If you've ever had a ladybug infestation in your house, you'll smell it. It's awful. That's how they stay alive. But it still only works for one year. Then they're done. They're cooked. So God has taken everything, all of his glory, his wisdom, his power, his might, his majesty, his beauty. He sets it aside and he says, I will become an infant born through the same kind of birth canal that everything, every one of us was born through. That's got to be painful for God Almighty to go through. That's humility. And he did that because he loves us so much, and he is so intent on enabling us to relate to him so we wouldn't be put off, wouldn't be confused, wouldn't be intimidated, but that we'd be drawn in. That's why Jesus came. That's the true meaning of Christmas. And so if you have wondered about how and why Christianity is different from any other religion, that's it right there. There's no other living being ever in the history of the planet that can claim to have come from heaven, become a child, and gone back to heaven as a risen Savior. There's no one who's ever even tried, no one in history. Jesus alone is unique in that way. And so he's the only one that can help us get to heaven ourselves because he's the only one who knows the way. So this Christmas, I want to encourage you, if you've never made a decision to say, Jesus, if you're there, show me. I want to see you. If you've really risen from the dead, you've got to be able to be contacted somehow. Give him a shot. Give him an opportunity. Read the Bible. See what it says about him so you can kind of get some antenna built in to be able to hear his voice. And you'll be amazed that Christmas is more than just a fun religious holiday. It's reality. God became a man for you and for me. The reason we have candlelight service is so we can remember that he truly is the light of the world and that there's no, no other form of light that will ever last through all the darkness that you and I are going to experience, especially the darkness of death. No other light. So what I'd like to do, just to kind of honor him and uh, be able to just have that symbol, that picture, that reminder for each of us this year again, is I'd like to all have our candles lit and uh, my wife and I are going to 
come by and go row by row and just light yours on the inside and then you can pass it to the people on the outside of the rows. But before we do that, I'd like you to, to stand with me. Can we do that? Let's stand together. And I'd like us to just pray. And, uh, you know, God is here. He's available to talk to. He's available to listen. And uh, he's available to answer. So let's close our eyes and let's talk to him right now. Father God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are God. And that you did become a man for 33 years or so. And then you went back to heaven after you died for all of our sins. Now I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our minds, give us an impression, proof of any kind in our emotions, in our mind's eye. Lord, in our ears, in circumstances, we just speak to every person in this room to verify the fact that you're alive and that you are the doorway to eternal life. And before we open our eyes, I just want to ask if you would like Jesus to show himself to you in a fresh way, whether you've done this before or not, but tonight you just want him to show you something brand new, something true about himself. Would you raise your hand? Good, yes. Lord, something new, something fresh, something that will ignite our hearts. Good, yes, yes. Lord, give us whatever it takes for us to know that you're a father that would love to embrace us walk with us, empower us, set us free, and give us eternal life. Forgive us for all of our wrongdoing. Lord, whatever it takes, show us. Make it known to us that you are real. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, we've got some candles here that we would like to light. And if you don't have a candle yet, there are plenty in back. Maybe you could raise your hand if you missed one on the way in. And our ushers will keep an eye out for you if you still need a candle. I'll take one. So I'd like to sing Silent Night, too. It's just a beautiful song, a beautiful tradition to just remind us that the, uh, the presence and the power of God are available tonight.
All right, hold your candle up in the air as high as you can. I want you to look up at heaven, and on the count of three, we're going to say, Happy Birthday, Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Happy Birthday, Jesus. Amen. Woo! Happy Birthday. It's a party. These are his birthday candles. <laughs> Blow them out. Hallelujah. Well, may God bless your family and your time tomorrow, tonight, throughout the Christmas season with a wonderful time in His presence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Don't forget your Christmas box. If you didn't get one last Sunday, we'll be in our mouth at the door.